7.45 on a Saturday morning, 27 degrees in the Twin Cities. It's time for another wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Jack, good morning. Sir, Haskell's has been serving this area locally owned for how many years? Since 1934. My goodness. Yeah, that's a long time. Long time. 85 years. Wow. (laughs) What are we going to talk about today, Jack? You know, we're going to talk about today. I did a, a seminar early this week on red wine, and I couldn't get over how many people were interested in that. I think when the thermometer drops, people tend to maybe try and take a look at red wine as opposed to their usual perhaps their white wine fan, maybe I'll try a little red wine. Well, I thought I would walk everybody through some of the most popular red wine varietals and what to look for, etc. You know, tasting wine is a very simple thing. A lot of people make it complex, and, you know, it's really what you like, and that's the most important thing. When you're tasting wines, you look for five things. The first is the color. And indeed, colors of wine run, as we know, from almost like water clear uh, to deep, deep red, and lots of yellows, etc., in between, and, and pinks, etc. But uh, when you look for color, all you're really looking for is clarity. Is the wine clear? Is there no murkiness or cloudiness in the wine? That's number one. Number two is the aroma. Does it smell like what you'd hoped it is. If it's a Zinfandel, does it smell like Zinfandel? Then the next thing is the bouquet. And the bouquet's a little more complicated. Here's where you get flowers and tar and pitch and oak and uh, leather, etc., etc. Then the next thing is the actual taste of the wine. And then last, number five, is the aftertaste. So those are the five things you look for in a wine. I'll I'll repeat them. Color, aroma, bouquet, taste, and aftertaste. And if all those things are in balance, whether you give a wine 10 points, 20 points, 100 points, that's what anyone who's evaluating a wine uses are those five essential things from the onset. If you'll notice, two of the five have to do with the olfactory sense. In other words, you're smelling it. That's why you only should always fill a wine glass no more than a third full because you want to get that aroma and bouquet. Let's face it, it's two-fifths. And when you're grading a wine, it's even more than that. They're proportionately higher than, say, color and aftertaste, etc. Those are very important things. So two of the five things you're looking for in a wine have to do with your nose. And that's why you never want a glass of wine that's filled way up. You want to be able to put your nose in there and appreciate it for what it is. Now, everybody is a beginner in wine at some point. So if you're going to taste these wines, what I'd suggest you do is get a few friends and we'll go out and we're going to buy uh, five bottles of wine. The first one I'd start with is Pinot Noir. The reason that's the first one to start with isn't because it's the most popular or anything else, but it's the lightest of all the red varietals. And Pinot Noir has almost a cult-like following because of the flavor and aroma 
and the variety that Pinot Noir, you know, Pinot Noir is the only red grape type in Burgundy, and it's absolutely amazing. You can go from a simple Bourgogne Rouge, which is just a, a village uh, Pinot Noir, on up to Latache or something uh, that's so exalted in thousands of dollars a bottle. And when you taste it, you can see, well, there is an incredible difference between that Bourgogne Rouge and the Latache. It's just, once you get into wine, most people fall in love with Pinot Noir because it's so complex and so interesting. Usually you get aroma of fruit in Pinot Noir, cherries, raspberries, even cranberries. Pinot Noir has very low acidity and low tannins. Uh, the acidity, think of when you uh, pucker up from lemonade, uh, really shines. Uh, I prefer old-world Pinot Noirs because they're more subtle, elegant, balanced. The new-world Pinot Noirs, which are very good, particularly from Oregon and uh, the Russian River in California, uh, those Pinot Noirs are wonderful, but they're jammy and fruit-forward, and they don't have the right amount of acidity uh, they're easy, easy to drink, and people love them. But the fact is, they don't display the complexity of the grape type itself. So you can see Pinot Noir is a very, very interesting grape. The next one I would try would be Cabernet Sauvignon. Now, Cabernet Sauvignon is the most popular red wine in the entire world. So it's important for somebody at the onset to understand whether or not you like it. Uh, Cabernet has kind of cherries in the nose, hints of vanilla, usually a little wood, because if the wine is aged in oak, you can pick that up. Uh, it sometimes has a wonderful herbaceous quality, and Cabernet Sauvignon is so good with most red meats. It, it's just hard to beat Cabernet Sauvignon for all its appeal when you're having a, a steak off of the grill. The next wine, a red wine, to talk about a little bit is Syrah. Now, Syrah is such an interesting grape type. It's inky. It's the darkest of all the juices. You, when you pour those, these wines out in a line, you can spot the Syrah right away. <clears throat> Excuse me, because it is the darkest. It, it's a deep, deep red color. Often comes to mind when you're evaluating is tobacco. Now, I don't mean it smells like an old ashtray. It smells like fresh harvested tobacco, which is kind of an appealing smell. Uh, a Syrah is a good wine to have with a hearty dish, any kind of stew, or like a beef bourguignon, or even a cocavan, which is traditionally calls for Pinot Noir, is pretty good with Syrah. Syrah is mainly the principal grape type of the Rhone Valley. Between Syrah and Grenache, uh, those are the two principal grape types of that whole a Rhone Valley in France. And Syrah is a wonderfully interesting wine uh, that you're sure to be uh, wanting more of because it's so good. And it, Syrahs are so good in cold weather. Then we come to Zinfandel, often called the American weed. Well, the reason it was called the American weed is no one knew where it came from. Zinfandel was very, very widely popular and planted up and down California. And some said, uh, oh, the mission brought it with the, uh, f from Spain. Well, anyhow, with DNA, etc., about 15, 18 years ago, they discovered that Primitivo from Italy is exactly the same 
as Zinfandel from California. It's the same grape type. And then on further study, Primitivo comes from Croatia, and uh, I can't pronounce the grape type that it comes from in Croatia, but I think you get the idea. It's not an American weed. It's not indigenous to America, but it's we're the only country that really pushes a, a Zinfandel, and there's good reason for it. it it's very interesting. The problem is, uh, in my opinion, Zinfandel often has uh, too alcohol, uh, uh, too high an alcohol content. And when they make it, you know, when you go to the Zin Masters out in California and taste nothing but Zinfandel for a, a whole day, I mean, your your palate gets totally fatigued because there's they they produce less fruit, but the fruit's rich and flavorful, and then they have high alcohol. Uh, the Zinfandel is a unique wine. It's wonderful in the summer. You can even serve Zinfandel a little chilled. And, of course, the styles are all over uh, the block. You know, you can have a heavy, heavy, robust Zinfandel, and you can have a Zinfandel that's a little lighter and not so intense. My last red wine to talk about would be Malbec. This is kind of a newcomer to the list. Malbec is a varietal that comes from Bordeaux, France. and It's been used there for centuries as a blending grape. And it was up to the Argentine people and the vignerons down there to plant it by itself. And, boy, they discovered a real winner. We've talked in the past about Malbec. If you had all the money in the world... I think the best wine to have with barbecue sauce is Malbec. It seems to go so well with that uh, fruity, hot flavor that you get, uh, sweet and hot and fruity, that you get from barbecue sauces. The Malbec just cuts right through it, and it's perfect. And it's easy to see why it's so pop becomes so popular. It's a very accessible, easy-to-like wine. And as I say, in our if you're cooking outside or anything barbecued, Malbec is your go-to wine because of the ripeness and the intensity of it. You know, there's a lot of other red wines. There's Grenache, Tempranillo, Nebbiolo, Cabernet Franc, etc., etc. But those uh, five wines, Malbec, Zinfandel, Cabernet, Syrah, and Pinot Noir, are the ones I'd stick to. And, you know, that would be a fun thing to do. Get a few friends over, buy a bottle of each one of those wines, and taste them, and see what you all think. That's the only way to really learn about wine. I can remember somebody told me a long, long time ago, the best way to learn about wine is buy yourself a corkscrew, and then pull some corks and begin to taste. And I believe me, I heartily endorse that in a chilly day. Uh, that's not a bad way to spend an evening. The wines, of course, are terrific uh, when you taste them with friends because there's nothing better than enjoying wine with friends and discussing these different things. makes for a very interesting evening. Well, I should say, and I've taken your advice again, we had uh, the other night at home some barbecued ribs with Malbec. Excellent. It's just a natural. Perfect. It's hard to miss with that. I should say. Well, I tell you, you never miss uh, with Jack's great ideas. All you have to do is stop in at any one of the Haskell's locations. Those folks will help you out on whatever you need. Indeed. The folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. And 
they love to pair wine. So if you whatever you're going to prepare, just tell them what you're going to fix and how you're going to fix it. Give them a budget, and they'll put you in touch with the wine that will please your palate and your pocketbook, believe me. And incidentally, because of the game this weekend, etc., we're trying a special promotion on red wine. We'll give 14% off all red wines, even red wines that are on sale, if you come in and say Skull Vikings, uh, that's in keeping with Diggs number 14, so 14% off all red wine, and in keeping in touch with the quarterback, Keenum, we're going to take 7% off all beer. So if you stop in the Haskells today or tomorrow, Sunday, and say Skull Vikings, you'll get 14% off your entire purchases of red wine. And if you say Skull Vikings, you get 7% off your purchases of all the beers. So stop in, stock up for your weekend entertainment, and the folks at Haskell's will be very happy, and you'll be happy with this huge saving. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save these next two days sensational amount of money. There's Haskell's in Bloomington, Chanhassen, Excelsior, Haskell's down in Fairboat off of 35. Our super seller up in Maple Grove is not to be missed. In Minneapolis, downtown Minneapolis, we have free parking. Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village. There's a Haskell's in Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com or go to WCCO.com slash wine, and it'll take you right to the Haskell's website. And don't forget, Skull Vikings. I was going to say we'll talk one week from today and probably chat about the Vikings win. How's that? <laughs> we can hope. <laughs> All right, Jack. Thanks. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you next week. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.